This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Monday, November 22nd. I'm Julia Caulfield. In today's headlines, shooting suspect charged with attempted first-degree murder, EPA briefs county on Lawson soil remediation, Telski shares plans for hotel development, and a mountain weather forecast. Brian Aitken is facing charges for criminal attempt first-degree murder after a shooting on Friday, November 19th. We received multiple 911 calls um, saying that there was a shooting that had occurred in the 700 block of uh, West Galena. That's Telluride Chief Marshal Josh Compt. He says officers quickly arrived on the scene. Once on scene, they observed um, one male subject that had a gunshot wound to a lower extremity and a second subject who was detained. Um, That second subject was later identified as Mr. Brian Aitken. Compt says following an investigation and interviews at the scene, Aitken was placed under arrest. He was taken to the San Miguel County Jail, however, was later released on a $150,000 bond. According to Compt, because the charge of attempted murder is a Class 2 felony and not a homicide, a Class 1 felony, bond is allowed to be set. Aitken has a court date for appearance on bond set for December. Aitken was previously convicted for a weapons offense in New Jersey in 2009. He was pardoned by Governor Chris Christie in 2018. The case drew significant attention from Second Amendment advocates and the National Rifle Association. The man who was shot was taken to a hospital for care. He has been released and is recovering. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency is beginning to prepare another soil remediation project in the Telluride region. The EPA has been remediating a site on the valley floor since the summer, a project that's now on hold for the winter, but slated to continue next spring. Now, testing has also found high levels of lead and arsenic in a site just west of Society Turn near Lawson Hill. EPA does plan to take a removal action next year, and we are going to propose excavating the contaminated soil. We have no idea where it will go or really any other details. So what we're going to do is take the winter and spring and set up public meetings to discuss the process with the stakeholders. That's Joni Sandoval, on-scene coordinator for the EPA, speaking to the San Miguel Board of County Commissioners last week. Sandoval says the EPA doesn't yet know how much contaminated soil will need to be remediated. All we've done is uh, try to determine whether there were tailings there with elevated levels of um, heavy metals, and uh, we have confirmed that there are elevated levels of lead and arsenic, and that is all we know at this time. County Commissioner Hillary Cooper is concerned about the level of public outreach surrounding the loss in work. At last week's meeting, she asked for more assurance that the outreach would happen prior to any remediation work. Sandoval assured Cooper there are requirements they have to follow. The requirement is is that we are notifying the communities and working with stakeholders on ensuring that they are aware of what's going to happen. People need to understand that this isn't like a NEPA process. NEPA is the National Environmental Policy Act. Where there's going to be community involvement as far as like the decision of how the work is done. However, we do know the sensitivities of the community. And so we are going to 
do something similar to what we've done with the Valley Floor, which is, you know, listen to their concerns and make concessions where we can, as long as it doesn't impact protecting human health and the environment. Commissioner Cooper also asked Sandoval if she could promise no off-site remediation would be hauled through the town of Telluride. Sandoval says she can't make that promise, but... I can give you an assurance that we will talk about it and figure out what to do or, you know, how to implement that removal action. There are no details about when remediation on the Lawson site would start. Sandoval plans to brief the BOCC again in December about the progress on the remediation on the valley floor. New hotbeds may be coming to Mountain Village. At a Mountain Village Town Council meeting last week, Telski's Chad Horning presented four hotel expansions or constructions in the village core area. Three of the projects are expansions of the Peaks Hotel, one on the north side. It is 70 hotel rooms, 25 uh, workforce housing units, and it also contains under it and adjacent to it underground parking for the entire expansion area. That's Horning. He notes the parking facility won't be your typical garage. The thing that's unique about the parking that we're proposing is that um, we have double and triple stacked parking proposed. And what that allows us to do is drive into the garage and your car would enter a piece of equipment and would literally lift it up so that you could park underneath Um, And we're proposing to incorporate something like that in here because of the overall need for parking. The second is on the west side of the peaks. This is directly off from where the current clubhouse is and below it. It is 49 hotel rooms and just hotel rooms. No parking, nothing. And it is connected to the peaks via uh, an air bridge. The final expansion is 32 hotel rooms off the peaks with the potential to create a sky bridge between the hotel itself and the Telluride Conference Center. In addition to the rooms, Horning says Telski is looking to create a new pool facility at the hotel and new helipad off the west side, where the current helipad sits. We're going to propose that we turn that into a year-round helipad site so that we can offer uh, unique customer visitor experiences directly out of the peaks during the summer for helicopter experiences. The fourth project is building a completely new hotel between the gondola station in Mountain Village and the runs off Lift 4. Horning says the development would ideally be 70 hotel units with some commercial space and the potential for a ski and golf clubhouse. The concept of this of this hotel is for it to be a really unique um, destination uh, property that would be unique to almost anywhere in, in North America. It being right on the ski hill, it being um, of a unique design. And at, the, at this point in time, we do not plan on branding the hotel. We plan on owning it and operating it um, exclusively. The hotel would scale up the mountain. So according to Horning, it wouldn't exceed more than three stories tall at any given point. However, it would be a seven-story building. He says there would also be a restaurant with an après ski area. In total, between the projects, Horning says Telski would add 150 new hotel rooms with an additional 25 affordable housing units. Any development would need to go through approvals from the town, and at the meeting, a number of council members shared their concerns. Here's Mountain Village Mayor Leila Benitez. What can be fit in a space and in our community and what should be fit in our space 
in our community might be two different things. Maybe they're the same, you know, we're, but based on public feedback, I don't think pushing it to the hilt with this, with the lot size is, is the best thing for us as a community at this point. Council member Pete Dupre adds, he's heard concerns from the community as well. I think it's the biggest concern from talking to people is, are we really gonna change the nature of Telluride? Is it gonna be crowded? And because most of the people who I've talked to, just they're fearful that the nature of this, this resort is gonna change. And there's gonna, it's gonna be too many people. But Horning says he believes there's a fear of hotel rooms that, in his opinion, is unwarranted if development is done thoughtfully. And I do think there's a negative impact for not doing these. But it's not just the feel of the community. Dupre questions the feasibility of the construction itself. One of the drivers here is going to be workforce housing. Because you're not going to be able to do all that, this development, without having workforce housing somewhere in the vicinity. And I think that's going to be, I think, I think you almost got to look at how could you pull something like this up and over what time? Because I don't, I don't see us being able to do a lot of it. I mean, a lot of projects are being proposed and I don't see how you do it. The presentation to council was an opportunity for Telski to share development it hopes to see. Council made no decision on whether or not the projects should go forward as presented. If approved, Horning says the projects would be phased in, with the building on the north side of the peaks going first. He says at the earliest, construction would begin within the next few years, with construction lasting about two years. Folks in Telluride won't be hitting the slopes this weekend, but that doesn't mean all the fun is lost. There are a number of activities for the family to enjoy this week. There will be a screening of the ski film Roots on Wednesday, November 24th at the Telluride Conference Center. Doors open at 4 p.m. The film features over 20 of the world's best free skiers for a film display of big mountain riding, ski touring adventures, and night snow park sessions. Friday, November 26th, we'll see the annual turkey trot. The 5K walk run will start at 9.30 in Ilium Valley. Registration is required at sanmiguelcountyco.gov. Costumes are encouraged. And to round out the day, Mountain Village will be unveiling its gondola car public art installation. Mountain Village, in collaboration with the Telluride Arts District, selected 11 artists to design wraps for the dining gondola cabins in the village core. The newly adorned cabins will be unveiled on Friday, November 26th, with an event from 3 to 6 p.m. There will be live music, drinks, and an opportunity to chat with the artists. There will also be free coloring books available that feature each artist's work. Where do we come from? Who is behind the stories that have been passed down from generation to generation? Who are the people in those black and white photos in your home? The Telluride Historical Museum, along with the Wilkinson Public Library, will be hosting a family history workshop to help individuals and families learn more about their family ancestry. Museum staff will be on hand to help participants learn skills to research history. All you need to do is bring pictures, names, and dates of family ancestors. The event is family-friendly, and participants will receive a family tree to complete and take home. 
The Family History Workshop will take place at the library on Thursday, December 2nd from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. Registration is appreciated and available at telluridelibrary.org. Pizza will be provided. An ecology PhD student is in Jackson Hole, Wyoming this fall, studying winter ticks and their effect on the local moose population. To help with data collection, he's getting help from some furry friends. Will Walkie from KHOL Jackson has the story on how the joint canine and human research might help wildlife managers better preserve one of Wyoming's most iconic species. Troy Kozer is walking in the brush next to the Snake River in Wilson, surveying the tips of vegetation. The thing he's looking for is about the size of the head of a pin, but that small organism can pack a big punch. There's uh, gonna be, you know, 100 to 200 on here. And you can imagine that when a moose is moving through, this is all like moose belly height. Like there, there's a ball there, there's a ball there. So they hit several of these little tiny balls at once. But then you get hundreds of larvae on you, and those hundreds of larvae, you know, they're, they're on for the rest of the year. That's what the local moose population has been dealing with for at least a few centuries. Kozer says when pioneers first came to Jackson Hole, they observed winter ticks, as well as moose, elk, and deer trying to rub the bugs off of them when they shed their coats in the spring. They're not having a good time. And you could think, like, if they're spending all that time rubbing, then that's less time eating, that's less time being vigilant. Right? There's, they're just like not happy. They're annoyed. And they've got other things to do. It's the hardest time of year for them. And tick populations might be growing, or at least having a different effect on moose as the climate changes in the greater Yellowstone ecosystem. That's what Kozer's studying at Montana State University, and he's working with local biologists to figure out exactly how current climate projections, things like more rainfall, earlier snowmelt, and drought, might affect the unhealthy relationship ticks and moose currently have. We don't necessarily know what, like, how many ticks are bad and if hair loss really leads to, like, death or horrible outcomes for them. We just know it looks bad and we're trying to figure out how bad that bad is. But to accurately track ticks, Kozer needs to find them first, which isn't always an easy task with our limited human vision. That's where Frost comes in. He's like, there's a cage over there. I better go check that out. <laughs> Frost is a mixed-breed pooch whose day job is sniffing out invasive species around Jackson Hole. Amy Hurt is co-founder of the organization Working Dogs for Conservation, and she's helping train Frost to see if he can smell those small tick balls in the field. From the trainer perspective, the work is figuring out how to get the dog to be able to do this, and, and then measuring, like, okay, so they can do it to the best of their ability. Is that ability helpful enough to be put into use? On this recent Friday, Hurt and Kozer have set up a little obstacle course for Frost. There are plant clippings with tick balls on them in wire cages throughout the woods, as well as some cages without any bugs. Chase! Good, Good boy. The idea is to assess whether or not the dog can figure out which is which. He was starting to put his butt down um, as I click. When I click, I'm telling him that you're right. Hurt says Frost is getting better at approaching plants more gently and detecting tick scents from farther and farther away. Nobody's ever tried to see if dogs can sniff out winter ticks before, so there's a lot of trial and error. But even small signs of progress could have big impact. He knows tick odor, and he knows that he's most often going to find them on the tips of plants. So he's connecting two of the most important dots. 
If Frost shows he can be useful in the field, trainers can start taking him out for real to collect data. And though winter ticks will likely never be eradicated in Jackson, Kozer says it's important to understand the extent of the problem for local moose. Since they're endemic, for the most part, managers don't really want to know how to get rid of them. It's going to be mostly how much money should I devote to protecting our moose, given climate change and what we think will happen with the ticks. Kozer also says his research is shedding more light on just how much stress moose go through every day. From avoiding trucks on Highway 22, to navigating around livestock fencing, to putting up with tiny, blood-sucking parasites. Will Walkie, KTOL News. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly clear skies tonight with a low around 30 degrees. Tuesday, there's a 50% chance of snow showers with a high near 50 degrees. Tuesday night, snow showers are likely with a low around 30. One to three inches of snow accumulation is possible. Wednesday should be partly sunny with a 30% chance of snow showers and a high in the mid-30s. Wednesday night calls for mostly clear skies with a low around 15. This has been the news for Monday, November 22nd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 970-728-3206.